Yeah. Uh, two-tone, the podcast, it's the livest. Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans. Better tune in, this the podcast you want. Hosted by my big homie, Ryan Morland. Mariota throwing bombs, he don't ever miss. Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six. Talking stats and plays, what's happening? Derrick Henry, Dory Jackson, this where we get it cracking. Yeah, Tennessee Titans podcast. Tune in. Hey, Titans fans. It's me, Ryan Moreland. Uh, we have a show for you this week. And as I always say, it's more fun to do these shows after a win. A lot less fun to do them after a loss, I'm sure. As I always say, too, it's a lot less fun to listen to. Before we jump into it, I just want to say this is episode 95. Um, you know, creeping up on 100 episodes here. And our 100th episode should be on the bye week. And I'm, I'm trying to plan a big episode uh, with a lot of guests, a lot of people uh, to get on the show. So um, I just want to take the time to say thanks to all of you. Everybody that listens to this show that makes this possible. A, a specific shout out to guys like Tyler Musson, um, who has been on the show plenty of times. But he does a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you don't, don't see. Uh, the show wouldn't be possible without him. Uh, a shout out to Matt and Glenn that used to be on the show. We wouldn't have started it uh, without Matt and Glenn being a part of it. And, and obviously they had a big part in helping it grow early on. Uh, a shout out to um, Tyler Her- or Taylor Hurst, excuse me, who does a lot of the artwork. All the images and artwork that you see for the show, um, you know, Taylor does most of it. Um, and, and shout out to... To all of you out there that listen and make it possible, you know, we wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do this show without you guys listening. Um, so I just want to let you know that I appreciate you all. But let's, and another thing before we get in, uh, as I'm sure you can hear, <clears throat> I picked up a cold again. I just got over one two weeks ago, so I apologize in advance for my voice sounding the way it does this week. But this one sucked, folks. I mean, there's nothing, nothing I can say that's going to make it better. We played a team that we should have easily beat. And we lost. I mean, that, that's what we're that's what we're at. That it sucks. It doesn't feel good. Um, after three straight wins, two of the last two coming against strong opponents, we lost a head scratcher to the Bills, thirteen to twelve. We're gonna, of course, gonna do what I like, what I didn't like. Um, talk about the game, then we'll hit the AFC South. Talk about it uh, and do a short preview of the uh, the game to come. But of course, on Friday we'll hit that more in depth. And I apologize again this week. On Friday, I wasn't able to get it out. I promise this week uh, and the following week we'll have a Friday show. But let's start off with what I didn't like uh, this week because there's a lot more in that category. Um, turnovers, obviously. I mean, anybody who watched this game, if you have any level of football knowledge, you could see that turnovers shape this game. Too many fumbles, setting up easy points for the Bills. Um, the interception, which... I don't blame that on Marcus. That was a well-thrown pass. Nick Williams, who we'll talk about later for sure, needed to turn his body, get in front of that defender. He let that defender out-muscle him, and that's where the interception came from. You get your body out there, at worst it's an incompletion, and he made contact at the right time, or it's pass interference, or you catch the pass. When you let him out-muscle you, when you don't, uh, square up your shoulders, turn your shoulders. That's going to be an interception, and that's what happens. So I don't blame Marcus for that. Marcus, that wasn't Marcus's fault. That was Nick Williams' fault. That ball was thrown in an area where Nick Williams needed to go and make a play for it, and he didn't. 
He got outmuscled by the defender. But the fumbles, I mean, Taewon Taylor just got completely stripped. Deion Lewis getting stripped. Those hurt. Those hurt big. Just to give you an idea, the interception led to a turnover on downs. So it really didn't hurt us. We got the ball back. We kick a field goal to end, uh, end the, the half in the first half. The fumbles really hurt us. The game-winning field goal was the only points that the Bills put up in this game that didn't come off of a turnover. The only points. So 10 of their points came as a result of those two fumbles. That's how big they were, especially where they were. They started with the ball on their side of the field both times. You can't allow that. That was huge in this game. That's the reason why we lost. You know, we were able to get an interception in this game off of a brilliant play by Dory Jackson, who got a little out of position but used his speed to get back, put pressure on the ball, it came up in the air. Uh, he made a play on the ball, made sure the wide receiver was out of the way. It was a brilliant play. Hats off to a Dory Jackson. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, when you're down in the turnover margin, and when you're negative two in the turnover margin in a game, it's hard to win those games. You rarely win them. And I feel like our defense did a good job of, of limiting um, the points off of these. Ten points off of those is not great, but uh, you consider three turnovers and ten points coming off of it's not terrible. Considering where the ball was given up, um, you know, having plus field position each time, that's those aren't bad stats. That's not a bad job. And, and you can argue, too, that with... Um, you know, the interception that should have been a field goal. I'm like, I, don't, I don't know what happened there. It was an obvious miscommunication. Uh, but still, 10 points off of three turnovers isn't bad, considering where those turnovers occurred. Drops. A few weeks ago, we talked about, you know, I always do like the what I liked, what I didn't like, and then the one thing that's a little bit miscon misconstrued, the thing that people aren't looking at the right way. And a couple weeks ago, that was the drops for us. You know, I was saying it was, it was big drops, but it was only two. Now it's becoming a real issue. Nick Williams drops a for-sure go-ahead touchdown. And that's only one of the, the drops in this game. But it was huge. That was huge. Nick Williams, man. I, I was telling everybody that was listening uh, during the game, I was just like, that boy better. I hope that Vrabel doesn't even let him back on the bus. That was disappointing. If he just catches that pass, we win this football game. I don't believe the Bills had the the playability to go down and score a touchdown. Now, they moved the ball well on us against with a run, but Josh Allen didn't have a big day. You know, he threw, I think it was like 82 yards and an interception, no touchdowns. That's not a good day. We were doing a great job of limiting his ability to throw the football for sure. That was a great job by the offense, or sorry, by the defense. So it would have been hard for them to come back and score on us. That would have been most likely a game-winning touchdown. And, and to have that kind of the play happen where it was such a perfect pass. He dropped it right in there. That's a very easy ball to catch. And he drops it. Um, that, that was huge. The next thing I didn't like, stopping the running game. Now we'll say this. We did a better job this week than we normally have. Both of their backs were held under 3.6 yards per carry, which is great. You know, anything above four is not good. Anything under four is solid. Anything under three and a half, three, you know, 3.6, 3.5 is excellent. That's great. Um, but on that last drive, they tore us apart. On that last drive, they killed the game. They ate up all the clock. We used all of our timeouts, and they kicked a field goal to win the game with no time left. 
that that's what ended the game. You know, we had an opportunity even after that. We get that field goal, we missed um, the opportunity for Nick Williams to catch that pass. We still had an opportunity to win this game. We just had to stop stop the run. We had to shut down the run, and we didn't do it. That's huge. That I mean, that's obviously huge. We did a good job for most of the game. We were terrible at the end of the game at stopping the run, and it really hurt us. Um, and then we just dominated. We were dominated up front. Our offensive line was dominated after Taylor Lewan went out. And, you know, Marcus had no time to throw. He, he was scrambling a lot in this game. He was moving around in the pocket a lot. Um, he just he didn't have nearly enough time to throw downfield. That's why you saw a lot of short passes in this game. He didn't have enough time to find receivers. Uh, and I, th- I feel like play calling should have adapted a little bit better than we did. But you still have to consider, we don't have that many playmakers. And that's been a problem for us. We don't have that many playmakers on this offense that can go out and make a play, that can go out and turn a five-yard gain into a 20-yard gain. Corey Davis has been outstanding. He's been playing really well. He played well in this game. And Taewon Taylor's dangerous in the open field, but he's got to get in the open field. He's a guy that drops 50-50 passes. That's just the truth about Taylor. That The one big weakness in his game is on 50-50 passes, it's more like 30-70 passes because he's not going to catch most of them. Sharp, you know, in the limited that time that we saw him, he played well. He looked good in this game. Made some strong catches, um, which is good. We need him to step up. But losing Matthews hurts. And I know I haven't had an episode since then, so we'll talk about it now. I understand Matthews being upset. He's a wide receiver that is talented. He is more talented than Taewon Taylor. And, and I know that a lot of you will disagree with me on that, but he is. I don't think he's Corey Davis level because I think Corey Davis's potential is through the roof. Um, given his size, his hands, his, his body control, the way he uses his body. Um, he's the wide receiver equivalent of Delaney Walker, in my opinion. Like, he uses his body well. He runs route cleanly. He's not going to blow past anyone, but he doesn't have to because he knows how to square his shoulders, use his body to make the catch. And screen receivers or screen defenders off of him, and and Delaney Walker does that probably better than anyone in the NFL outside of maybe New Hopkins. But but Rashard Matthews is a good football player. He's a great receiver. He can take defenses over the top. We've seen it happen. He plays well in the slot. He plays well on the outside. He's a good receiver. He was not getting enough touches. I had a problem with it. I understand him being upset now. I don't agree with his decision to leave halfway through the year, you know, I, and I don't know. You don't know what's going behind the scenes. You don't know how much pressure he put on coaches or how many times he said, I need to get the ball more, because I've, I've been saying it all year, he needed to get the ball more. I felt we were underutilizing him, and, you know, and, and when you do that, you risk a chance of losing guys like that, and I don't agree, necessarily agree with how he left, but I don't disagree with him being upset about not getting his touches. He should have gotten more touches. And when you lose a guy like Matthews, then you have to start using guys like Nick Williams. And we saw what that happened today. It turned into an interception where he didn't turn his shoulders, square off, you know, screen off the defender, and he could have made a play there. He didn't do that, got out-muscled for an interception. And then on another play, he drops a touchdown pass. This was a very bad performance for Nick Williams. Terrible. And he did do good in the punt return. I will say that. He returned. Um, he looked good in the punt return game. He had that one return that was really well, really done well. Um, and 
But as a wide receiver, he looked like trash. Those were two plays that were pivotal in this game. Um, where he dropped the ball, you know, literally and figuratively dropped the ball. But there are some things that I did like. Derrick Henry looked good. For the first time this season, Derrick Henry looked really good. He had a 5.1 average, 11 carries for 56 yards. We should have used him more than we did. This is a game where we should have used Deion Lewis less, used Derrick Henry more. They were dominating up front. Deion Lewis wasn't breaking tackles in the backfield. Derrick Henry was, and Derrick Henry was breaking those for 7-8 yard gains. Um, he looked really good in this game. He was able to get... They have a really good defensive line. Like, that's true. The, they do. The Bills have a good defensive line. Outside of Alexander, they're kind of weak at linebacker. They're, they're young and up and coming on the back end. But uh, he, he could have... Once, once Derrick Henry got past that first level, you watched him get more yards out of it. There was one play, it was only like a three-yard gain, where he just planted Alexander. I mean, Alexander looked like... When he was getting up, I thought he might be concussed. He looked like he was lost. Um, but but you saw it, like, every time it seemed like Derrick Henry gets the ball. Even when he wasn't getting great stats, he breaks one or two tackles every play, it seems like. And in this game, <clears throat> he did that and he was able to bust it for a good yards. We should have used him more in this game. He had a, a really good performance. The next thing that I liked, our defense still showed up. Um, 99% of the time, if you hold a team to 13 points, you win that football game. This just happens to be in that 1% where offense didn't do enough. You know, when you have, we had nine drives. Nine drives in this game. Four of them ended in field goals. Three of them ended up in turnovers. Two of them ended with a punt. You know, when you do that, not only are you not putting enough points on the board, but you're putting the other team in the position to score easily. You're giving the ball over on their side of the field. You're not helping your defense at all. Our defense still played great. Considering, you know, considering a three turnover game and they scored 13 points, that's really impressive. Our offense just didn't do nearly enough. And speaking of the defense, two guys I want to point out. Jayon Brown has arrived, folks. I talked about him last week about how he's becoming this well-rounded defender, well-rounded defender that I didn't think he could become. I thought, like a lot of people thought, that he was just going to be a guy that excelled in coverage, but we're seeing him get to the quarterback. In this uh, game, he had that sack where um, Allen rolls out of the pocket, and then Jayon Brown makes the decision, instead of staying back in coverage, I'm gunning, I'm going for him. And he came in hot and fast. And Allen didn't know what to do with the football and, and tried to run around him and it wasn't going to happen. John Brown gets the tackle in the sack. He also led the team in tackles in this game. He looked really good. He's, he's becoming this well-rounded defender. Now, you know, to speaking earlier about how I was disappointed with our, our play against the run, John Brown's starting to become a guy that's solid against the run. He's still It's still his big weakness, um, but he's becoming a lot better at it. Not having... Uh, Wesley Woodyard in this game absolutely hurts. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro is a guy that can come up and make plays every now and again in the running game. He obviously was out as well. But Jayon Brown, I mean, he's becoming a well-rounded linebacker. And it's it's fun to watch. You know, Start looking for him in plays. Start watching what he does. Kid has really good instincts. Really good instincts. And his speed has become an absolute weapon for him to use. You saw it. Go back, go back and watch that sack that he had. 
he just burst right now off like a cannon coming after Allen. Allen didn't have nearly enough time to even make a decision. I mean, uh, you know, there are good quarterbacks out there that would have gotten rid of the ball or would have made a completion. You know, your Aaron Rodgers, your your Tom Brady, they would have made a completion um, probably on that play. Most quarterbacks, your second-tier quarterbacks, you know, your Matt Staffords, your Matt Ryans, those guys probably would have thrown the ball away um, uh, or came close to a completion maybe. But a low, we knew we were playing a low-level quarterback. You know, Josh Allen has potential to be good later in his career, but right now he's a rookie and he's a low-level quarterback. And Jalen Brown made a decision to go after him and force him to make a decision, and he didn't, and, and Brown got the sack. It was an absolutely great play. Um, he had a lot of them in this game, a lot of good plays. He looked really good. Uh, Adoree Jackson, we talked about him earlier, but that play where he gets he overplays um, – and then the, on the play, overplays the wide receiver, and he's a little out of position. But he uses that just speed. Watch him make that cut and get back. It On that, on that replay, it's amazing. Uh, gets back, gets a hand in there, forces the ball, tips it, and, you know, gets tipped in the air. And then you can see him push off on the wide receiver after that, which is completely legal. After the ball's in play, you know, you can tackle him, you know, if you wanted to. But he pushes them off so the wide receiver cannot make a play on the ball and then comes up with the interception makes a a decent return uh coming out of it a really good play uh definitely benefited our team and and was what felt like a turning point in the game although we know it truly wasn't our punter and kicker i say it like every week at this point but four for four from field goals especially the long one over 50 yards that's not in suck ups wheelhouse and he i mean he nailed that he would he would hit that from 63 yards. He absolutely got a hold of that. Um, also, you know Brett Kern is amazing. He's a top three punter, no matter how you dice it, uh, and probably even higher than that. He had a great game on the two punts that he did see. You know he, he pinned them deep on one, and, and the other one was from his own end zone, and it was like a 70 yard punt, net yards of like 62 when you when you add in like this little return that the the return man had. Um, and that was a booming kick. I mean, my God, did he get a hold of that thing. So, and they deserve some credit, you know. People don't talk about punters, and I hate punters and kickers. Anybody who's close to me knows. I hate, I always refer to them as, like, the soccer players. I, I don't like punters and kickers. But we have two good ones. We have, you know, without Suckup playing as well as he did, we're not even in the game at the end of the game. <coughs> Excuse me. Without Brett Kern with that huge punt, um, that ended up, you know, the next drive, they ended up punting. And then the punt that pinned them deep, they ended up punting back to us. I mean, those were big. Or sorry, I think one of those might have been the interception. I'm not sure. But those were big. Those were big punts, uh, especially the one from the end zone. You know, everybody looks for those, like, coffin corner kicks. But he booted that one from his own end zone and put it on, like, a 30-yard line. What an incredible kick. Um, I don't have a, uh, you know, uh, this week I don't have one where I, I talk about something that doesn't seem quite like what it, it should. Uh, I don't have one. There just wasn't one, so I wasn't going to force it. Um, but I will talk about this game a little bit more. This is a game of missed opportunities. It's still early in the season. The offense will get better and more fluid. However, we don't have enough time to start fooling around and losing to weak teams. Remember last year. 
We were in a great position halfway through the season. The back end stretch looked easy. We started dropping games. We lose to San Francisco. That hurt. You know, lose to the well, the Rams are a good football team, but losing to the Rams hurt. Um, we did not do well in the back end. Now we need to start winning these games. We need to win games over weak teams, over middle of the road teams. And in, in the next two weeks, we're gonna play two borderline playoff teams. We're gonna play, you know, a a very good um, Rave or no, sorry, a really solid. I won't say very good, a really solid Ravens team. And I know they're just coming off a loss to the Browns, but that Browns defense is unreal. We do not have a Browns level defense, and if you think we do, you're kidding yourself. That defense is very talented, um, and you saw all of the mistakes that they forced in this game. Uh, Miles Garrett's been an absolute monster. Denzel Ward, who I had nothing but bad things to say about. I, you know, me and Glenn have talked about this on the show a hundred times. We don't like small corners, so I didn't like him. He's been a monster, an absolute terror. He blocked a uh, field goal in this game. He had an interception in this game. Yeah, I mean, he looked great. Um, but this Ravens team is still good. They they have playmakers on offense. They run the ball well. That's going to be a problem for us, and, and we'll talk about that more in depth. But this is not an easy team. Next week we play the Chargers, and you know their, their defense is banged up. But this is still a really good team. Philip Rivers is a really good quarterback, and he's going to be able to, to move the ball. and And we have to be able to try to limit that. It, that's going to be imperative. And those are two big games before our bye week that are going to be against borderline playoff teams. And those are games we got to win. I said going into this three game stre- or six game stretch, excuse me, I said we needed to win three of them to be a legitimate contender, a legitimate playoff team. We needed to win three. You know, you know we won the first one against the Eagles, and now we have the loss against the Bills. So we're at right. At, we're still on track. We're right at five hundred. Um, but you know that Patriots is the ends this this six game uh, six game. Um, six games in a row that I'm talking about. This six-game block of our schedule ends with the Patriots. That's not going to be an easy game to win. We play the Cowboys Monday night in Dallas Stadium, in that stadium in Dallas. That, that's not going to be an easy game. So we at least, I, I still think we'll beat Dallas. I mean, we have a team capable of beating Dallas. Um, Zeke, we have to find something to do with with limiting what he can do. Um and we'll talk about that obviously when we get there but we need to win at least one of these games if we win two excellent then we're right at our right where we need to be um for the rest of the season but we need to win at least one of these next two games obviously playing the ravens uh on the 325 p.m next week but the Bills did two things really well in this game, and, and really only two things well in this game. They were good in the pass rush, and they dominated our offensive line. When Taylor Lewan went out, our, our passing game took a huge hit. We weren't able to move the ball nearly as effectively, and they forced turnovers. That was it. They didn't shut down the run. I mean, you saw the stats that Derrick Henry had. Um, they weren't overly great in coverage. They, they didn't do much of anything at all with a passing game. Um, you know, as I said earlier, Allen was like 82 yards in an interception. They weren't doing much in the passing game, and he completed just over 50% of his passes. They did two things good. They they rushed the passer, 
well. They dominated us on the offensive line, and they forced turnovers. They forced fumbles, and and that's why they won this game. Um, definitely a heartbreaking loss, folks, but still a lot of football to be played. You know, every team has one of these every year. You know, the, the Patriots this year already lost to the Lions in a head-scratcher. Um, you, you're going to have these games. You're going to have these games. <coughs> Excuse me. But we need to come out and and use this as ammunition and come out and, and play well. Um, and then talk about Taylor Wan real quick. I don't think I mentioned this. He will be having an MRI on his foot today. Um, a little scary, obviously, when you're talking about your book and left tackle. But this is what he had to say is, quote, I heard it last year in week one, and I was having a lot of issues pushing it off. I feel like I know what it is. It shouldn't be a long-term thing. I just didn't have any power. I couldn't push off. Um Obviously referencing that that injury he had last year, which didn't keep him out for very long. Hopefully that's the case that we can get him back in the lineup because you know Taylor Mars is not the guy we need there. He's performed like okay in the he was good in the first game. He was not great in this one. We need to have Taylor Lewan over there uh, and playing and and to be a, a really successful team in the passing game. We need Taylor Lewan. So obviously be looking forward to that. That we should get the news sometime today. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Around the AFC South now, on Thursday night, obviously Indy getting beat by the Pats on Thursday, uh, 38-24. to This was not even as close as it looked. Um, Luck was not nearly as good as you'd expect him to be against that soft uh, Patriots defense. You know, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, you know, for all of your fantasy players out there, Eric Ebron, keep an eye out for him. He led the team in targets. He led the team in yards. He led the team in catches. Might be might be something there if you're looking for a tight end. And I think a lot of us are because a lot of us drafted Delaney Walker. If you're like me, you got uh, Delaney Walker in later rounds and was laughing about how easy this season was going to be, and then he goes out that early, really hurt your team. Um, but the Colts... Not that impressive in this game. Uh, the Colts will drop to one and four on the season and take over sole, perse- sole possession of last place in AFC South. Next week, the Colts will stay in the Northeast to take on the Jets. Um, and our next game, the Jags getting torched by Kansas City, thirty to fourteen. This is another one. Thirty to fourteen is already an ass kicking, but it wasn't even that close. Those were garbage time TDs that made it seem close. Bortles had four interceptions in this game, looking like the Blake Bortles of old. And the Jags struggled to do anything on offense at all. He had something, he had over 60 pass attempts. They had like 17 rushing attempts on the, in the entire game. Um, that was, you know, obviously a huge issue. Blake Bortles is not the guy that's going to throw 60 passes and win you games very often. The Jags dropped a 3-2 and, and and still remain tied with the Titans for first in the AFC South. All, obviously, Titans still have the tiebreaker because of the win over the Jags. Next week, the Jags will play the Cowboys in Dallas. Um, you know, looking at that game right now, Jacksonville's a really good defense, and it's the Cowboys are already having a hard enough time of moving the football. The Texans this week really did a good job of limiting Ezekiel Elliott, and that was a big reason why they won. It's hard to imagine that Dallas would come alive this week. So I think the Jags are going to get a win over Dallas. I think, um, and I forgot to mention this, but I think the Colts will get a win over the Jets as well. 
that game could go either way. Uh, but what I do like is the Jet or the Colts' up and coming pass rush against the Jets, and then the Jets do a good job of um, limiting the rushing game. But they're like great against the pass, and that lines up with the Colts perfectly since they're going to rely on Andrew Luck to win games. So I'm, I'm picking uh, both of those to win in the AFC South. Uh, <clears throat> the Texans beat the Cowboys for the second time ever. That's hard to believe. But they won their first matchup against the Cowboys in 2002 and haven't won against them since. Uh, so this is their first, second time ever that they've won. And over time, they win 19-16. It was an ugly win for the Texans, but it does bring them out of that last place tie in the sole, sole possession of third place at 2-3 and three on the season. Uh, the Texans head home uh, this week to play the Bills. You know, this Bills team is good up front, and this is an offensive line that's really bad. So if the Bills can force turnovers again, they're going to put a lot of pressure, um, even without blitzing, on Watson. So it's really going to be up to how Watson plays in this game. On the other side of the football, it's, it's going to be difficult for the Bills to do much of anything against that defensive line. But if they can do the same thing they did this week and force turnovers, you never know they have a shot. But I'm going to go ahead and say I think the Texans will win that game. So I'm saying that I think the AFC South, everybody is going to win that game. So it makes it even puts a little bit more pressure on the Titans. You know, the 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 division's not going to be decided at the end of Week Six, obviously, but you want to stay at least even right now with the Jaguars. You don't want to start getting games behind them. You want to stay in front of them or at least stay even with them. So they have an easy game. An easier game, not an easy game, but an easier game against Dallas. Um, we need to have a good game against the Ravens. We need to bounce back, shake this game off, and, and move forward against the Ravens. Obviously, we'll talk about that Ravens game in depth on Friday. Um, this was a tough one, folks. This is a tough one. Don't, but don't lose faith in this team. You know, you we've seen this team beat good teams in Jacksonville, beat a good team with the Eagles. We have a tough sledding coming forward with this schedule. You know, these next four games, the weakest team might be Dallas, and that that's not a weak football team, folks. This is not going to be an easy stretch. This is all these teams are borderline at least playoff teams. This is not an easy stretch of four games. After that, the schedule opens up for us, but we need to take two of these next four. That's what we need to do. Two of these next four games. And I think we're a for-real football team. Because after that, like I've said a hundred times on the show, obviously we have two games against the Colts, a game against Houston, a game against Jacksonville, a game against the Jets, uh, the Giants, and the Redskins. Those are all very winnable football games. You know, those are all very winnable. Jacksonville on Thursday night, uh, week 14, that's a tough one. That's not an easy football game. And I know that we have the, their number. We've beaten them, you know, three times in a row now. They just can't seem to beat us, but it's still not going to be an easy football game, you know. And they have a lot of, you know, uh, locker room material. They have a lot of stuff to pin up on their bulletin board for that game against us. It's not going to be an easy football game. But outside of that, these should be winnable games. But we have to execute. We have to come out uh, and play hard. And if those, think of it this way: we go two and two in these next um, four games, so that puts us at five and four on the season. And then we hit this six-game stretch. Say we even lose to Jacksonville, which I don't think will happen, but let's say it happens. And we win the rest of those games. Um, 
in the last seven games. That puts us at 11-5. That's a for-sure playoff team, probably a division uh, champion. But we have to go 2-2 two and two in these next two games. It's imperative for us uh, you know, to get to get where we want to be. And that's not only in the playoffs, but this is a team that should be playing a game at home in the playoffs. That's where we're at. That's where we should be, is playing a game at home in the playoffs this year. And I'm hoping that's what we see. Um, thanks, everybody, uh, for listening again. You know, episode 95, it's been a really fun ride. I really enjoy doing the show. I love hearing from your fans out there each and every week. Um, so find us, find me on Twitter, at uh, TTU Podcast on Twitter. Obviously, you can find the show wherever you download your um, podcast from. You can do it from Apple. You can do it from any uh, Google Play, any of the ones on Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, um, a hundred ways to find us, folks. Obviously, you can also go and find us on pippa.io slash TTU. So, and also, let me know. If there's some, if you have some ideas, something that you would like to see on episode 100 during that bye week, let me know what you would like to hear. I plan on uh, bringing on a lot of people, a lot of people you've heard on the show before, hopefully a couple that have never been on the show before, and, and do kind of a, a fun, lengthy episode for that bye week. Um so hopefully that, you know, just let me know if you have you have any ideas. I'd love to hear from you all. You can also find the show on Facebook, uh, TTU Podcast on Facebook. And thanks, everybody, who listens to this show that makes this show possible. Um, it's an absolute joy to do, and that's because uh, of all you out there that listen. So, again, thank you. Rough week this week. No victory Monday, but we got to keep our chins up. This is still a long way to go in this season. Uh, we got to go in there next week and fuck up the Ravens. Make sure that you listen to the Friday episode when we break down that Ravens game. As always, tighten up. Yeah. Uh, two-tone, the podcast. It's the livest. Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans. Better tune in. It's the podcast you want. Hosted by my big homie, Ryan Morland. Mariota throwing bombs he don't ever miss. Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six. Talking stats and plays. What's happening? Derrick Henry, Adoree Jackson. This where we get it cracking. Yeah. Tennessee Titans podcast. Two-tone. Hey. Tune in.